Welcome to Wonder Tour with Derek Cobb and Drew Perot, where we are learning leadership lessons from your favorite stories. Hi, I'm Derek. And I'm Drew. And we are on a journey to become better leaders by touring fantastic worlds and inspiring lore by going on a Wonder Tour. We connect leadership concepts to story context because it sticks to our brains better. You can find out more at wondertourpodcast.com. Welcome back to episode two of Dune, where we're going to talk character is destiny. It's a classic quote from the philosopher Heraclitus, but we're going to flesh that out and try and understand how over time, integrity allows us to fulfill the promise of character being our destiny. All right. Welcome back to Wonder Tour episode 43, Dune part two. We are here with our guest, Brian, again. We're, we're happy to have him again, giving us these deep insights on uh, on the Dune. Really, I'm going to call it a saga. I hope that's okay. Saga. You know, it just has to come with that kind of connotation. You guys ready for this today? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm, I'm happy right. To, to have Brian here again. I got to say, I didn't get to say it the first time. <laughs> Brian brings like a lot of things to the table, but one of them is the ability to crystallize thoughts into kind of cohesive models that are simplified, but not oversimplified. And that's like kind of the target of a lot of our <laughs> Wonder Tour activity is by the end, we want to hit those points. So I feel like Brian kind of brings that natural fit to the superpower here. Yeah, it, it always emerged collaborating with Brian. Yeah, so I, I always love that about working with Brian, for sure. Thank you for mentioning that, Drew. I That was something I wanted to get to at some point in these past two episodes. Yeah, this is a this is a great initiative. This the the context and framing of this is really is a really compelling way to have these conversations. It gets me excited about it. Just I get excited about it every single time. And to be honest with you, like sometimes I re-listen to our episodes and I'm like, I would I kind of wish somebody else was doing this too, because I want to hear somebody else's perspective on these same pieces of media. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's jump into it today, huh? Character is destiny. I I love that quote. That's like one of my favorites. And you brought it up, Drew, so what were you thinking there? All right. Well, number one, this is total speculation, but we attribute that quote to Heraclitus. Heraclitus is like a, a pre-Socrates philosopher. Like, I don't think we really know when the guy lived or anything like that. So just as the things that we attribute to Socrates were like, like questionable, they're like, yeah, these are like things that people have known across time. But we like to attribute them to Socrates for, you know, because we have some evidence that suggests that maybe we should. Um I suspect there's something similar going on here with Heraclitus. Somebody who knows a lot more could probably tell me, but I I just see this one get uh, get attributed to Heraclitus. But I assume this is something that great leaders have discovered across time. Great thinkers have thought about is that your character is it, it's everything for you, basically. <laughs> so what is what does it mean? Character is destiny. So. If you're just tuning in for the first time or you haven't been tuned into Wonder Tour for a long time, we keep talking about character development because we're here to become great leaders and and if for the good of others. And if that is the case, then there's a heavy emphasis on character development. So we have this working model for character development that's kind of been fine-tuned over time. John Mark Comer is one of the guys who's kind of tuned it up a little bit, but I've, you know, added in and pulled out some other stuff as well. But the idea is that you have thoughts and feelings, right? We all have thoughts and feelings flowing through us all the time. Those thoughts and feelings will give way to actions. Those actions, as they are done repeatedly, become behaviors, they become habits. And those habits 
then feed back into this feelings and thoughts cycle that leads to actions. And over time, they, they start to form out your character. And then, of course, as Heraclitus said, your character is your destiny. And so when we deconstruct that, we find that we need to look at our thoughts and our feelings first. And, and through that lens, we can understand how our character is going to develop and then our destiny or who we're going to become, what our story, how is our story going to play out? That's our destiny, right? I'm a big fan of three word quotes. <laughs> of course, that's not I, what I gave you there. <laughs> well, that's what I got, you know, in the notes. You know, yeah, character is character. I like that. I mean, when you can boil it down, right? Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. No, there's. Um, I'm just going to throw a, a seven-word version of that at you. This is from a a, a, a novel by Ursula K. Le Guin. The, her flavor of this is uh, how you play is what you win. <laughs> So, you know, and that's part of the part of the same sort of methodology is like what you know, what you're going to carry away with you from your experience is how you approach the experience. Right. The the the, the prize, the prize isn't anything else. Oh, that's awesome. What comes to mind? It's funny when uh, Lando and Han Solo are playing for the Falcon. <laughs> so that's that's the first one that came to mind because you used the word play. And I was thinking. Oh, what's the best gambling scene I've seen? That's that's a good one, right? And, and yeah, hey, he, he played just like a Millennium Falcon, scrappy and barely put together. So that's good, guys. I appreciate <laughs> appreciate that, that, that. I didn't even that see intro. how the, that was closing out, Derek. Until you said that, <laughs> that was perfect. That was stuck, he stuck the landing on that one. That was excellent. Well, if you saw the movie Solo, you know how they landed. So <laughs> almost in pieces. All right, so. I think this is a great conversation today. And then bringing it back to Dune, right? Let's let's talk about maybe just for a second. Let's be the watcher, right? Let's let's go with what if. Do you you guys want to do the what if? Let's do the what if right now. The the what if to me is like I can't. I I love talking. If you can't tell, I tr- I'm trying to get better <laughs> at listening and reflecting. But when I'm hiking, right? So we're likening this to hiking. When I'm hiking, there's got to be a good conversation going. There can be there can be spots where there's just silence for 15, 20 minutes even. But over the course of a hike, I want to have a good conversation with somebody. And so what is what better start to that conversation than what if? All right, out with it. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's I, your, I what's your question? What if Duncan survived? <laughs> what if Duncan? We have to talk about Duncan Idaho here, right? So our what if for today is what if Duncan survives and is able to continue the journey with Paul and Jessica as kind of this awesome ninja guardian that has all these crazy abilities to take on a hundred men at once. I mean, I want to give this one to Brian first since he's our Dune expert. Brian, what happens if Duncan survives? Yeah, no, this is a great, this is a great one. So Duncan is, especially in the movie, Duncan is sort of the avatar for the whole Atreides household, like everybody that isn't the core family, right? He is, he is brave. He's incredibly skilled. He's incredibly warlike. He's incredibly loving and, and he's incredibly loyal, right? So he is the, this is what integrity gets you as followers like this. But he's also kind of a safety net, right? Like they're, you know, when they first escape and they're first like running across the desert, their whole thing is like, oh, we just need to get to, you know, see if any of the other people are around. Let's find the rest of our tribe and they'll take care of us. And Duncan's there and like, okay, great. It's going to be okay. We got Duncan. Right. And so if he doesn't, if he survives, if he gets away with them, doesn't die in the epic sword battle in the hallway there, then 
they they haven't lost everything. They're not at that low point where they have to figure it out for themselves. And Paul, in particular, doesn't have to sort of grow up very, very quickly into both uh, kind of personal responsibility and like physically I have to in, be involved in this knife fight myself. Like, you know, they get to the end of the get to the end of the movie. It's Duncan as Jessica's champion. Like that's not that's going to go down very differently. And Paul has a very different entry to the tribe. Yeah, pretty anticlimactic, right? I mean, if you think about, hi, I'm Paul. I haven't killed anybody. I also hear voices. <laughs> it, it definitely wouldn't go over very well. And yeah, try communicating your, try communicating your integrity, your leadership, if you haven't really done anything. Yeah, that's hard to do. So in a way, that guy did him a favor, right? And I think that's the twisted way that this worked out is that, he gave him something to put on his resume. It's almost like he's triggered by, I don't know, the Dune universe of some sorts, right? And it's like, you know, it's in the prophecy. I, you probably probably tell me or something on the books, but he was supposed to attack the the Messiah or whatever, and the uh, Messiah takes him down. Is that was it in there, or is that, I'm just inferring all this? <laughs> all right, Drew and I talked about this, so he knows where I'm going next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I'm interested now. No, this is actually one of the things I, I was excited to talk about about this um, about this book. Even just from leadership lessons from this story and the movie is that the knife fight is a real thing. The if you're coming into a new group, especially coming into a new group as I want to be a leader, like I'm a potential person that you're going to have to respect. Kind of like we talked about with the white blood cells, right? Like there is yeah. always always somebody who will challenge you. Yeah. And the person that challenges you is almost always somebody who's completely bought into the current way of doing things. And they are, in their view, protecting the tribe. They're like, you know, we shouldn't let this dangerous, reckless outsider that doesn't know our ways and is going to lead us in some crazy direction. We shouldn't even let them in. And so it may be it may be the current leader. It may not. But this is this has happened to me any number of times, and I've observed it any number of times. When you join a new group, somebody will challenge you to a knife fight and will try to kill you in public. And and I got to tell you, this is interesting because uh, I, I love this. Um, isn't this the example of what we call small-scale integrity, meaning that you know the rules of your group and you're so bought in? That guy was like, now it's time for the ritual. And the other guy's like, come on, dude. It's like six o'clock. We got to get to McDonald's. It's not time for the ritual right now. He's like, no, now. We got to do it now. And he's like, okay, all right, here you go. You bit off more than you can chew. You literally... You literally picked on the chosen one. Good luck. Right? right. But it was, you know, but again, he was picking on a, a 15-year-old kid who just walked out of the desert. Like, it seemed like something extraordinary is going to have to happen here. But if you're in that situation or if you observe that situation happening, like, the correct response to that is not to back down. Right? You, if, you, if you, in that moment, that somebody, somebody steps up and challenges you to a knife fight, if you step away from that, you are never a member of the group. Like the second and third chance is mm. not the same, right? And so you have to be sensitive to those things. And, you know, you can do your best to like, okay, I'm clearly better than you are. Do you yield? Like you can do your best, but you might just have to let them run onto the knife. <laughs> Will you accept my weekly meeting or not? Will you accept my weekly meeting? Will you accept my daily standup or not? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's a good one. I mean, because if yeah. you think about somebody who's like, I'm not coming to your meeting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, right. It's kind oh, of a knife fight. This is my, great. 
Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. No, that's okay. No, my, my, uh, my 77 year old mother, who's a retired librarian, volunteered to support the small library at her retirement community, and the same thing happened. A 94 year old woman challenged her to a knife fight in public. Like, well, how are you going to decide to file the books? I, how would you possibly know to make that decision? That is awesome. It's totally yes. an in-group. It's just a thing that happens. It is not even necessarily a bad thing. Like you may, it may be a good idea to keep people out who don't bring valuable new ideas and don't have the the courage and the conviction to back them up. Yeah, the test. The test. The test. Drew, you That's have anything you want to jump about. in on the test? Yeah, yeah let's talk about the test. Yeah, there We've talked about the test before, and there's a number of different types of tests that we've talked about, but the test is absolutely critical on the hero's journey. Well, the test is critical for each one of us, right? If you want to become a person of great character who can, can have, and that character becomes your future, and not just your future, but it's going to impact the future of other people, and that's why it's so important, because, again, your future, if it didn't impact anybody, whatever, but look at what we have with Paul. His future impacts everybody, basically. So the test, sometimes the test gets set up in weird ways. So I like the business example here, or even not even business, right? It's just in life, like you're going to get tested when you join a group. And how do we look to set up the right kind of test? So now I want to kind of flip this one, maybe another what if here, but how do we flip this one to set up the right kind of test because in this situation you're right i think i agree with you brian paul saw the bigger picture integrity and he was trying to keep the vision intact and so while his personal you know understanding was that he did not want to kill anyone and that's how that was his personal values he also understood that the larger vision needed to be taken care of here and if that was the case he like he was being prompted okay we got to take this guy down in the knife fight so is is the like let's say you're a, di- a character in this that's not Paul, right? Let's say you're in the group that somebody's coming into. You know, you don't want to be the guy who who starts up the knife fight usually. But what do you think? Uh, I don't remember what the guy's name is, but the other guy, the, the guy who's kind of like the leader of the group already. How does he facilitate? Because like Derek, you said, he's more thinking, oh, you don't, we don't need to have the knife fight right now. <laughs> he's like, there's going to be a test. Just, just hold off. Like, we'll figure out how to test him, but you don't need to do a knife fight when it's about to get really hot outside and everything else. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's the, it's the right circumstances, the timing and stuff like that, which is trying to manage people. It's like people, managing people is difficult. Sometimes they ask for tests when the sun's coming up. I mean, it, it's a struggle. So I don't know, Brian, what do you think? I think that, yeah, Stilgar navigates that pretty, pretty successfully, right? You know, he's like, oh, you know, I think we should, I think we should give them a chance. You know, we can, go, we can always kill them later, right? <laughs> so he's, he's trying to navigate that successfully. But when he sees that, you know, when he sees that the guys call him, you know, anyway, the letter of the law says we have to do it and I want to do it right now. He also recognizes that they're not going to, you know, he's, he's thinking in the back of his head, like his back game is like, yeah, it might be a good idea to let the Atreides in, right? But he's like, they're not going to be accepted if I just force the issue. Like if I go step up and fight you for him, that's not going to get anything done. Like if Paul, if Paul can't stand on his own two feet, that's the kind of society we are is you need to demonstrate that you bring some value to the table. And so, okay, I guess you're going to show us now. I think he had some integrity here and I want to see what you guys think about this. But I think he had integrity in letting natural consequences play out. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, he's super pragmatic. He's like, you know, this is, you know, and, and his his big picture is like, yeah, we don't take weak people into the into the tribe. Like Jessica beat me in hand to hand combat. So she's worth taking a look at the kid. We can probably train him, but 
I'm going to let him find out for himself. And that's, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's, that's also a hard thing, right? Just watching somebody be put in a position where they might fail and they might fail epically. Yeah. And you just have to let that play out. That is an integrity move. So, uh, Drew, where's our mountaintop at today? All right. We're entering the top. Or, you know, we're nearing the top of the mountain. And sometimes it's when you're hiking, you know, you think that you're near the top, but you're not measuring. And so you're like, all right, it's just around the bend. The waterfall is going to be right here. And then you keep going around the bend and you're like, oh, no, there's another thing. This is really cool. Like there's a valley right here, but I got to walk all the way to that other mountain over there now. OK, <laughs> so so I think sometimes it feels a little bit like that. But uh our mountaintop here, as we're rounding our final bend over the top of the crest, is I think I want to talk about the flip side of this and how it interacts with uh, with UA, the the doctor who decides to take maybe a kind of small integrity, right? He has some level of integrity, but it's not the right integrity because when you look at Paul's integrity and Leto's integrity and Jessica's integrity, right, they are playing the long game. They are willing to sacrifice themselves if that's what it takes because they really believe in the vision and they believe, they have such staunch belief in the vision that they believe that even if they die, it'll get carried on without them. That's the type of you know Jedi-like <laughs> carrying forward the vision that we're looking for. And on the opposite side of that, we have Dr. Yue who has you know he he's acting out of love for his wife and out of feelings and so we can pull this back this is great we can pull this back into our model for character development because ua is is yes he's acting out of his feelings but he has not developed strong character over time if and this is really hard to swallow for some people we talk about how all these different values are hard to adopt and there's a cost to them well adopting integrity also has a cost just like you know, just like it, it's there's a cost to be curious. There's there's a cost to have honor. Right. There's always a cost. And if that's in this situation, the, the cost is you can't be too attached to your own life and you can't even be so attached to another life. Right. It, it can't be your wife. It can't be anybody else. If you're if you're bought in on the vision, then you have to truly believe that even if you lose a battle, the war will be won. Even if you don't get to carry it on, it will be won. And that's where I think UA falters. And of course, he, you know, the, he tries to couch it in being good. And he's like, oh, I'll give you the poison pill and stuff. But in the end, how does that play out for him? It's a, it's a catastrophic failure. I mean, his life is a complete failure at the end because he's not, over time, he has not curated how his feelings and thoughts are transmitted into actions and the behaviors that he has developed, the habits that he has developed are almost kind of there sometimes, but they're not there. And so when you get to the big moment, when he has the opportunity to try to save his wife or to betray the Atreides, you know, he falters. I like what you're saying there. I, I want to say it's I, just I'll summarize for once. <laughs> There's no there there. And I, I think that's what you're saying. And, and what what's what's below the shield are you solid or are you just mush right do you have anything do you have any substance for the moment and the other thing that i think i'm taking away from what you're talking about here drew is who you make deals with who you make partnerships with pretty much a, a destiny determiner too don't we think what do you think uh, Brian? that's great that's great yeah that's you know the that's also part of how you play right the, the what you win is how you play is also who you play with, right? <laughs> who you play with. That's right. Because Lando blew up the Death Star. Let's take that back full circle. All right. There you go. Right. 
Han Solo, Lando. Just saying, there's a nice parallel here. Brings it back in. <laughs> well, and there is an interesting to tag on to what Drew said, right? It is, it's, it's pretty subtle in the movie, but Yui does the big terrible thing that he's being forced to do, or that his his uh, his character is forcing him to do. But he does the small thing that enables Paul and Jessica to get free. Right. You know, he sends them with the ring and a pack of stuff and hides it on the thopter. And is like, OK, if you guys can figure it out, here's it. Here's an exit strategy for you. So it's he almost is, like he's still bought into the vision, even though he fails. Right. Even though he yes. can't quite close the deal, he's still bought into the vision because he still believes. And isn't that a tribute to Leto? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's 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 not Yui's integrity that carries the mission forward. In fact, it's Yui's integrity that almost destroys the mission because he's not intact. His character is, his character is flawed, but because Leto's character is not flawed, he's able to move the mission forward despite the people around him who have a lack of integrity. And that is inspiring right there. I think one of the things that we, we find out here on wonder tour, these, these macro ideas is that it always starts with you. You only have control over yourself. We, we always say we're doing it for the good of others, because if that's not your priority, if people is not your priority, there's no point in doing it for yourself. If you end up, it's, it's lonely at the top, they say, right? If you end up with money and power and everything else, it will be worth nothing to you. If you do not care about other people and build up other people, it is greater to see them succeed than to see yourself succeed. And so if that is the case, then it, it, it's kind of this paradox, though, that you have to do things. You have to act a certain way because you don't control how they're going to act. That will impact the long games in ways you cannot imagine. And that this is a great this is a great story to sort of drive that home, right? Where we've got these massive, you know, galactic level things that are being driven by two people having a conversation, one person holding a knife, one person struggling with a difficult decision. That's incredible, right? So the destiny of their universe essentially falls on how the thoughts and feelings and actions play out in that encounter. Right. And you're, and, and, and we, and we're, and we're in those every day, right? That, that's the, that's why this is such a powerful theme, right? That's what that the integrity piece of that is. You never know which conversation you're having is going to be the one, or maybe it takes all of them, right? But they're all important. They all have to be consistent. What you're hitting on there is that you have to believe and with integrity, you have to believe. You have to believe that by being consistent, by being intact, you're going to inspire people more often than you're going to repel them. That's kind of what I'm taking away from it there. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that belief is not an abstract, magical thing, right? That belief, it's, it's, it's almost its intention, right? I am going in this direction and I'm going to act in this direction with, you know, looking around at where I am. I'm going to be thoughtful about this all the time. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a heavy weight. If you can't integrate it and make it a normal part of your habits as a leader, as you know, your duties as a leader, I mean, you really have to think it and believe it 24-7, don't you, Drew? Yes, you have to. You have to develop good character. Otherwise, you will not make it. I know that we don't like to distill things down into absolutes here, but that seems based on <laughs> that's pretty close to an absolute. If you cannot develop good character, then over the long term, you will not make it. It's something it will think, fall apart at some point. Yeah, it might it I'm might go say, well for you for a time, but it will eventually fall apart. 
the, the thing that you're bringing towards, and I think I'd like to talk about this in future episodes in this integrity series, which is you are essentially doing integration checks within yourself. You may be looking for areas that are fragmenting off. If you a um, was was actually doing those kind of checks in himself, maybe he would have collapsed that. I'll call it a red choice bubble because <laughs> you know I got kids. We make green choices and red choices, but let's <laughs> let's awesome. talk about this as kind of like a red choice bubble, right? And it starts to come up, right? And then a a, a leader of high integrity is saying. Uh, I'm going to surround this thing and stamp it out, right? And the red kind of collapses and the green takes it over, right? And it doesn't happen all the you know, right away, but through the integrity process, through iteration and yourself, right? We talked about being prototypes way back, one of the earliest episodes of uh, Wonder Tour, where we're constantly iterating ourselves. What do you think about that idea that these kind of uh, fragmentations can pop up and then a, a leader of high integrity surrounds those fragmentations and says, I'm going to stamp that out. I love that you pulled integration check or you know, right, integration as, you know, in the integrity episode, right? It's the same word, right? And so that's really cool is that it's – and calling back to something I think we were we were talking about on the chat earlier, right, is that – Almost one of the definitions of leadership is to spend as much time at the extremes as you can. What's the big picture that I'm going towards and what's the in this moment action that I can take? Like if those two things are aligned, then the stuff in the middle will probably take care of itself. But, you know, management is often just focusing on stuff in the middle. Right. If you're if you're being a good manager, like I'm balancing the budget and I'm having weekly meeting cadences and I'm taking meeting notes and I'm issuing documents on the right PowerPoint format. Right. Those are all in the middle. And, you know, you got to do that stuff. But as a leader, you got to be thinking about the as much as spend as much time as possible thinking out of the extremes, the really big stuff and the really small stuff. I love that. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's great. Those are great comments there. You know, I was thinking as you're talking, it's kind of like a teeter totter and the management is on the fulcrum point and they always love the stability and the leader is just playing at the two ends, you know, back and forth and just trying to get that adjusted just right. Right. um, In order to get the right result. And you know what? All three of those scenarios, the small, the ultra big, and the middle, they all have to act with integrity if you want to have a, a good organization and you want to have something achieved, right? And, I, you know, I obviously we see that with Lido. Um, but uh, what, what are your thoughts, Drew, as we're kind of closing out here? Yeah. Coming off the to, mountain. To kind of wrap this up as we're, as we're walking back to our cars, I think the <laughs> character teeters on the edge of a knife. Right. You know, to pull it a double entendre here, character teeters on the edge of a knife. It's a it's really, really tricky. I can't stress that enough. Each decision matters. And for me, I've had that experience where you don't know if you want to, you know, like you don't know if you want to kill the person in the knife fight because you, you don't think that's consistent with your character to kill somebody in a knife fight. What, what I've learned sometimes, and it's, again, it's wisdom, because sometimes you don't need to kill the person in the knife fight, right? Sometimes you need to, you, you have to let them go. And other times, like in this situation, the, you know, the culture dictates that you have to in order to proceed, and that this is going to be a critical step in the journey. That's wisdom. But at the edge of the knife, sometimes for me, what's the hardest thing is when I want to say something, but it's going to be hard to say. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to word it. And I don't know how it's going to go. But I feel it deep in my soul that if I do not say something, we are going to go. This person may go down the wrong path and I might not have the power to change it. 
but I have to say something and I have to say it in a compassionate way that's not self-centered, that's not about where I'm going, but it's about where they're going. And, and it's about how much I care about them or the organization. And thus, I have to, you know, I'm going to have to stick the knife in, basically. And I'm going to have to say, you know, I, I can't afford to miss this opportunity for character development for me and for you. And if I don't say something here, I'm actually missing the action that I needed to take. And my character is going to be impacted. And as a result, your character is going to be impacted, too. So honestly, wrapping it all up, for me, that's the hardest part is putting the knife in when when that's what's required. Wow. Okay, that was really great. Brian, I'm going to give you a last word here on this on this episode here. <laughs> no pressure. No, I'll just tag onto that with that. One of the things, bringing it back to the movie, right? One of the things they did nicely in the movie was that when Paul's having visions through the course of the movie, he's having these visions of this Fremen, Jamis, is going to be the one that teaches him about the world, is going to be the one that brings him into the tribe, is going to be the one that helps him, right? And he gets there, and Jamis is the one that tries to kill him. And, you know, on the surface, it's this huge jarring contrast, but from a lesson standpoint, it's the right lesson, right? What Paul needed to learn was not like how to put on a still suit and what words to say after dinner, right? What he needed to learn was when it's time to step up and be the leader. Wow, this is great. Man, I'm just like, I know it's early morning and the sun's not really up, but I'm basking in some greatness here. Thanks for the brain power today, guys. I just really thought you guys brought it. All right, well, that was wonderful. So if you had anything you want to add on this and whew, I don't know. You better bring more than a knife to this one. <laughs> Hit us up on The Wonder Tour on Twitter. Brian, thank you so much for just coming on the show today and, and, and the last time, too, and just talking with us about this. Man, you, you brought some depth to Dune. Like I really do feel like I know what's underneath the sand now and above it in space. All the extremes. That was, that was really some great stuff. Next time, we're going to be talking about a really interesting new flick on Netflix that is called Don't Look Up. And this one is, you know, it may not be the first piece of media that you go to to think about integrity, but think about it for a second. And I think you'll agree. We'll be engaging that next time. Ta-ta for now. And remember, not all who wonder are lost. We'll see you next time.